Make sure you're subscribed to Issues Etc. Type Issues Etc. in your podcast provider, hit that subscribe button, and leave us a five-star review. This will make it easier for other podcast listeners to find Issues Etc. The story of the abortion drug Mifepristone is a long one and a sordid one as well. It is currently working its way through the courts. It's had a few setbacks, and yet just recently there was a U.S. appeals court ruling in favor of restrictions on that abortion pill. So where does it stand now? How did it get to this point, and where is it going next? Joining us to answer those questions, Carol Tobias, president of National Right to Life. Carol, welcome back to Issues Etc., Thanks, Todd. It's great to be on. Give us a history of this abortion drug, Mifepristone, and the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. The pill was brought into the country, legalized by the Food and Drug Administration in 2000, in the closing months of the Bill Clinton administration. And it was used under some pretty strict regulations. In 2007, Congress passed what they called the Food and Drug Administration Act. It was a special act for them. But it allowed the FDA to set up what they call risk evaluation and mitigation strategies so that if a pill has some benefit but also has some risk, it was how do you maximize the benefit and minimize the risk. And they put special protocols on some drugs. And they put mifepristone in that category because it had serious risks along with what they considered a benefit, which was killing the unborn child. So since 2007, the FDA has said that the pill is to be used only up to the seventh week of pregnancy. It had to be prescribed only by a physician. The woman had to meet with the physician in person. The pills could not be sent to her through the mail or she couldn't pick them up any other way. And they had these rules in place. Well, then COVID came. And everybody was supposed to stay home and they didn't want you going to the doctor. So they lifted those regulations and said, you can talk to the doctor over the phone or over a telehealth conference call, send her the pills. They're now trying to let drug stores like CVS and Walgreens and Walmart supply the pills and sending them to her. So they just they've lifted all restrictions on the pill and trying to make it as easy as possible for a woman to get the pill so that she could kill her unborn child. And the courts have stepped in and said they needed to pull back a bit on what they're doing. What then are the dangers of mifepristone? Well, we do know that since 2000, when it was legalized in this country, at least 28 women have died. But there are serious complications. There can be severe hemorrhaging, needing even blood transfusions, infection, incomplete abortion, that maybe the baby didn't die. So then the woman goes back to the doctor for a surgical abortion procedure to make sure that they complete the task. It's been a serious problem, and there certainly are complications that need to be taken into account. So do we know how many abortions or at least a percentage of abortions that are carried out each year using mifepristone? We don't have numbers really nationwide since the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade last summer. Some states have put out their numbers. The best that we still have nationwide comes from the Guttmacher Institute. 
which is 2020, a couple of years ago. But at that time, they said that there were 930,000 abortions in the country. So mifepristone is now being used for more than half of all those abortions. Guttmacher was estimating 53%. So we're looking at about 500,000 abortions using the chemical abortion pill every year. Talk about how the proponents of this abortion drug fudge the numbers regarding its safety, especially comparing it to Tylenol. Well, they're looking at numbers saying, well, look, 28 women have died using the abortion pill since 2000. There are 150 Americans that die every year from Tylenol. So obviously the abortion pill is safer than Tylenol. But what they don't tell you is how many people use Tylenol. I mean, billions of people are taking Tylenol every year, or at least by taking it daily or whenever they have the problems, it's readily available billions of times each year. If you look at just the straight numbers, your risk of dying from using the abortion pill is one in 200,000. Your risk of dying from taking Tylenol is one in 167 million. So you can't say that Tylenol is safer than abortions because so many more people use Tylenol that it makes the numbers ridiculous. Tell us about the Case Alliance for Hippocratic Medicine v. the FDA. Well, there were some pro-life doctors that had women coming to them with complications after they had used the abortion pill. So the doctors got together, they contacted you know, Alliance Defending Freedom, and they put together this case saying, you're making us take care of women who have problems, and we think the FDA actually didn't follow their initial safety protocols in the very beginning when they went through the testing process. So they went to court, a federal judge agreed and said, you're right, the FDA didn't follow the protocols they should have before legalizing the drug. And yes, you do have standing because you are taking care of the women that are suffering from complications. So he just put a hold on the whole thing and said the abortion pill is not going to be allowed. Well, the Fifth Circuit came in and said, that's a little too tough. We're not going to take the pill off the market, but we are going to demand that the FDA put their restrictions back on. You can only take the pill for the first seven weeks, not 10 weeks. You have to meet with the physician in person. Only the physician can prescribe the pill. You can't send them through the mail. Put some safety limits back on the pill. So the Fifth Circuit did that, and then it went to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court put a hold on the district judge saying when he said that you're going to just get rid of all abortion pills. So what happened yesterday was that the Fifth Circuit, a three-judge panel, came down and said, we are going to tell the FDA to put their safety protocols back in place pre-COVID limits to provide some kind of safety protections, but we can't do it yet until the Supreme Court lifts their order from the district court. So there's several steps that still have to go through here, but I think the the next step will be waiting for the Supreme Court to lift the rule on the federal judge so that the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals can put their ruling into place. It's all kind of a, a legal, complicated matter, but it looks like we may end up with 
the FDA having to go back to their previous, their earlier safety standards. What did the FDA fail to do according to this latest ruling by the three-judge panel? Well, after they made their changes that you can use the pill up to 10 weeks of pregnancy, and it doesn't have to be a physician that makes the prescription. It can be another certified health provider, whether it's a nurse practitioner or certified physician's assistant or something. When they lifted those safety standards, they also then told emergency rooms and doctors, you don't have to report complications using the pill only report if a woman has died. Well, then the FDA turned around and said, well, we aren't getting any reports of complications. So the pill is obviously safe. And the Fifth Circuit called him out on that, saying you can't eliminate reporting requirements and then say that there are no complications because they're not being reported. So I think that they're probably going to have to force the FDA to go back to some reporting standards as well so that we know more about the problems that women are facing, not just if the woman actually died. So you mentioned this ruling does not affect the current distribution of mifepristone. Tell us a little bit more about that. Well, the biggest concern we had was that the Food and Drug Administration was saying, it doesn't have to be a physician, get it anywhere you want. So then they were starting to allow pharmacies like CVS and Walgreens to supply right now, before COVID, the only way you could get the abortion pill was by meeting with a doctor in person and he could prescribe and give you the pills. You did not get the pills from a pharmacy. You had to get it from the doctor directly. The Food and Drug Administration said, well, we're going to let drugstores handle it now so that you can get a prescription over the phone and send it into the pharmacy and then you just stop by and pick it up. Or even you know, the pharmacy can send it to you in the mail. I think that's probably going to stop. If they're going to go back to the physician only, it has to be the person handing you the drugs. So the pill is still going to be available, but it's not going to be send it to you through the mail and you can have it on your shelf. And then if you need it a month or two down the road, you're going to have it readily available. So Unfortunately, the abortion pill is still going to be available, but it looks like it's going to be back to previous standards, which will make it harder to get, and there will be some safety measures in place for the women who are actually using it. What is the next step legally? I think the next step is just going to be the Supreme Court uh, lifting their order on the district judge who said, just get rid of the pill altogether. And then the Fifth Circuit, it certainly is looking like the Fifth Circuit law will stand to put the safety protocols back on. One of the dangers of the pill is if a woman has an ectopic pregnancy, which happens, you know, it's two or three percent of all pregnancies. If that's not diagnosed, the embryo keeps growing, but not in the uterus in another location, most likely the fallopian tube. If that tube bursts, the woman's life is seriously in danger. That's why they said you need to have a visit with the physician, get a physical exam for your safety to make sure that the pregnancy is going along as it should, not an ectopic pregnancy. I mean, that's just, you know, one very serious example. 
So again, the pill is going to remain on the market. It's going to remain legal, but hopefully it will be much harder to get so that fewer babies die and, and more women are not injured in the process. One example, the FDA was saying, you don't have to tell us if there's any complications. Researchers at the University of Toronto did a study of women in Canada using the abortion pill, and they found that 10% of the women were ending up in the emergency room. So the FDA needs to start looking more seriously at how this actually affects women's health, even if they aren't going to care about what it does to the baby. Carol Tobias is president of National Right to Life. You'll find a link to National Right to Life at our website, issuesetc.org. Click Talk On Demand Archives. Carol, thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks, Todd. Friday on Issues Etc., we'll talk with Chris Rosebro about the prosperity gospel. We'll continue our series on the Lutheran battle for the Bible, discussing Seminex and the supernatural with Pastor Bob Dargetz. And we'll visit with Dr. Carrie Gress, author of the new book, The End of Woman, How Smashing the Patriarchy Has Destroyed Us. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for listening. Listen weekday afternoons to Pastor Todd Wilkin and guests on Issues Etc. Issues Etc. is a listener-supported program. Your financial support is vital for the continuation and expansion of this worldwide outreach. Our mailing address, Issues Etc., P.O. Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. You can also donate at our website, issuesetc.org. Issues Etc., is a production of LPR, Lutheran Public Radio.